What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have a jam-packed episode because a lot happened since we recorded last. We start with the Raw Nationals registration fiasco, or the, the Raw Nationals registration rush. Um, and how a podcast host on this show had something to do with it, actually quite a large part. Uh, Steve explains what he exactly did. Um to get that cap being filled so, so quickly. Uh, interesting story there. I'm somewhat involved on it. But, yeah, we talk about that, uh, the implications on that, how possibly Nationals can improve from this. Uh, you know, just a typical two white lights conversation, give our opinions, thoughts, possible solutions to things, make a few jokes here and there. Uh, and also we talk about how this affects regionals because I think the uh, uh, one of the downsides of this was how regionals was affected. We're big fans of that. And we discussed that, also the um, the update on, you know, what has happened in Minnesota. We don't go too deep into, like, the whole legal implications because we don't know very much about it. We didn't want to be that bad a journalist. Uh, but we do give our opinions on it. Um, I do give my opinion on certain things. I know a lot of people debate this topic quite a bit. So, yeah, pay attention for that. We do a mini uh, Collegiate Nationals recap and talk about the top performers, uh, talk about the lifts that took place. Actually, before that, we got a gift from Massonomics. That was about five-minute segment, a five-minute ad read for them. So thanks a lot, guys. You got us again. You're, you're, I applaud your cunning, Massonomics. You guys uh, you guys did it. We, we made sure to put that ad read in after we potentially got canceled. So um, I'm joking. But, yeah, uh, Collegiate Nationals mini recap. Talk a little bit about Jawan Garrison's um, unfortunate 90-kilo appearance in the USAPL. Uh, yeah, have a, have a conversation about that. Of course, we have a commercial gym story to end. Make sure you're listening to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on both. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Make sure you're going to twowhitelights.com and getting some merchandise. Get some merch. We got some. Actually, we are having a drop that's – Going to be awesome. Two White Lights University Edition t-shirt. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. And without further ado, here it is. Two White Lights. The audio is fixed. Oh, baby, I like it, bro. Steve yeah we had we had a bunch of traveling and a bunch of meets going on it start it settled down now I know you've been busy with work but uh we had we had some craziness in the last two weeks last week in particular we didn't get to record so we're gonna have to talk about it now but uh yeah yeah nationals filled up yeah people were were asking for a uh emergency episode and I and I really couldn't give it to them because it, it's hard to do those now. We used to be able to do them. Now it's it, we only get one recording day a week, and we have to make the most of it. But I mean, we had to do an emergency 
podcast potentially because of because of you. <laughs> yep. You're, it's it's that's I have firsthand evidence, hard evidence. I got the documents. Steve Denovi caused this. I actually did. I'm not taking blame. I caused it though. We'll talk about the the blame, but yeah. Yeah, so if people don't already know, because I kind of hinted at it, and I think Marshall was posting about Blame Steve and stuff like that. Let me, let me make sure I, I'm going to pull up my screenshot so I can read it appropriately. Last Tuesday, so every, let me precedent with this, proceed with this. Every week I check the roster for nationals. I check a lot of stuff. Again, people think I run the USAPL and I have a bunch of like random in, inside information. I don't, I just check everything all the time. It takes like 10 <laughs> seconds. You actually read the emails that they send you. Yes, I actually read everything because it's, it's kind of a cool thing when you coach athletes to actually be on top of like understanding everything that's going on. So I keep on top of everything because I want to make sure my athletes are good to go. I don't want any surprises. So I would check the roster every single week. Um, again, takes five seconds. Uh, and I noticed it's April and there were 686 people signed up. And I went... Holy cow, I have never in my life, in the seven years or whatever of being within USAPL, ever seen it this full, this far out. And we still got regionals coming up. And then I went and calculated. I did, I'm gonna, I'm do, I did some math of, okay, if we're having this many sessions, this many platforms, this many days, you can have 24 lifters per, per uh, platform, per session. I did the math, it, it came out to 1,008 lifter cap which I'm going to get to back in a little bit. That might not be the number all of you heard, but it actually is kind of the correct number. And so I went, okay, if there's a 1,008 lifter cap and we're at 686, and I know I'm looking at the roster and there's so many people not signed up when we got regionals to come. I was like, we're going to have a collegiate national situation again. This It's going to be, it's going to happen all over again. So uh, for those who don't know, I have a private Instagram page for only my athletes, only people I currently coach, because that's how I uh, communicate with them versus posting publicly on my story on my business page. Uh, I actually make sure I have a private one to communicate directly with them versus spamming to 15,000 people. So I'll read the exact thing. I, I posted a screenshot. Let's see. Do I even have the time on here? I would like to yeah. add that you had a nice subtle flex there of saying that you have 15,000 followers. It was it was it was cleverly thrown in there. Sure, that was nice. I'm not trying to flex. I'm just saying, like some no, coaches I who mean, are pretty popular like to spam all of their thousands of followers <laughs> well, versus just privately messaging their athletes, which I think is saying, incredibly unprofessional. Well, we all know you you never flex, but we. I was just saying, it's just it was just oh yeah, I'm not gonna do it to fifteen thousand oh, yeah. people. It's like man, I'm not I was thinking never of, flex. Occasionally, I flex. Hey, I'm never. You've been say flexing never. a lot. Occasionally, I might flex. I might flex occasionally. Are you drinking Scott? What are you drinking? No, it's an old fashioned. Oh my god. What's happening here? <laughs> we, One, I'm out of beer, but two, no, I like old fashioned. I got a yeah, nice I know. whiskey burger collection no, downstairs. I I didn't doubt that you liked uh like the like whiskey. I would just like usually you have a beer during the podcast. Now we're elevating and is this the beginning I, of something? Yeah. I've had this a couple times, but I'm currently out of beer, and I've got five gallons fermenting right now for an IPA, so I need that to finish up. Well, if so, you're not drinking an IPA, old-fashioned is probably the next step to drink, yeah. you know? Okay, so timeline again, getting back to it. It literally says the time on here. April 11th, which I believe was that Tuesday, at 11.40 a.m., 
I posted the screenshot of the 686 on my private team story. I said, if you are planning to do Raw Nationals, I'd sign up ASAP if you have not already. I've never seen it at almost 700 lifters this far out with regionals still to come. I fear we are going to have a collegiate NAT situation where they impose a random cap all of a sudden. So I posted it there. And the only other place I mentioned it is I went to a group chat that Angelo is included in that also had three other coaches and said, hey, I think this is going to happen. And they all went, oh, yeah, you're right. And so they messaged their athletes as well. Within four to five hours, I'm getting people that are like four deviations away from me coaching wise messaging me saying, hey, I heard you told people there's a cap. What's the cap? And I'm like, I have no idea. I literally just looked at the roster this morning and I noticed that it was getting close and I calculated there's going to be a cap around a thousand and eight lifters. So I just wanted my athletes to make sure they signed up. Well, that spread like wildfire because obviously I coach a lot of other coaches. Uh, the other three coaches I told coach a lot of other coaches, they have friends. And yes, within two days, there was 400 people that signed up. And uh, because of that, they announced the cap, which is 1150, which, uh, I don't think this is inside info, but like they set the cap higher than the cap actually is because they're planning for a 10% dropout rate. That's why it's not going to be waitlisted. Like if 1150 people actually sign up, that's too many, like very, it's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, for a meat director, any meat director knows this, there's about a 10% dropout rate and it's pretty common uh, or not pretty common, pretty consistent. Like it's, you're not just going to all of a sudden not have people drop out, especially with this situation where we're going to get to it, I assume is a lot of people just freak signing up without even having a qualifying totally yet and just signing up. We're probably gonna have even more dropouts this year, but yeah, either way that happened. It went up so fast that they had to impose the cap and announce it. And then after they imposed the cap within like less than an hour, it hit the entire thing. So yeah, I was kind of right. I just didn't know it would happen in two days. Hey, I remember signing up immediately when you said that. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't sign up. And that'd be a really stupid way to miss out on nationals. So I signed up within the, I think, 30 minutes of you saying that. And it was a fantastic thing to look at the entire day with just it slowly increasing. And then when you when you come to terms with it, like, it was chaos. And then a lot of people were mad. I don't know what the general view is on this. People are mad. People are upset. They want us to do emergency podcasts, which means there's some sort of outrage. Maybe I'll get my take on that later of like the the actual outrage part and there's people to be upset or there's people who I understand who would be upset about this but I was like the good part I'm like you just got or this meet just got 200 lifters to sign up 200 lifters 200 lifters did one meet that's a massive meet that's a huge meet two day meets possibly three sessions two sessions, both days, that is so many lifters, and they all just signed up, and I'm like, okay, powerlifting is doing well. Powerlifting is doing very well. If we can get 200 people to sign up in, like, a day for a meet, um, but then you get the, the bad side of it, which is lifters who are good national competitors not being able to sign up on time, and um, then you get the pro lifters as well. <laughs> they announced the cap being met, uh, or until that we had until like five o'clock to to register, and I think it the cap was met like four hours before. Oh, for the yeah, for the pros. So for everyone, if 
people, yeah. Fortunately, if people haven't seen already, all the pros should be getting emails today and they're giving like a two day time frame to sign up because that's going to be like a thing like pros get automatic spots within nationals, which is how it should be. I mean, that's the whole point of nationals. I, we've talked about it on here. We love the big meat. The big meat makes it. It shouldn't be just the elite level lifters. If you think it yeah. should be just the elite level lifters, you've never been to raw nationals. You don't realize that 90% of people who are elite are what make raw nationals raw nationals because they're the ones spectating and creating the atmosphere and everything. So yeah, I, I, we want it to be a big meat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, a simple notification to my athletes to sign up turned into 464 registrations in a matter of two days. I have never felt so much power in my life. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would actually be a little bit more, um, egotistical if I were you right now I would have a god would you, would you flex harder than I am would you I, flex would you flex pretty hard I, I would not I don't know if I'll flex hard I think I would just uh privately flex or privately just refer to myself in a third person and give myself a bunch of authority that I don't have it's like I run not only the USAPL but powerlifting I yeah. am I the count I am I want the man I am the man who knocks in this sport. I want commission. I since I was able to spur 464 registrations in 2 days. I that, that feels like I should get a commission off of that. But yeah, yeah that's actually that, that's, if you Yeah, if you're like like uh anything, right? If you're able to do that for a brand like like Stoic or 110% or anything. Leflar Bros. Happy birthday, Leflar Stevie. Bros. You said promo code. Steve Denovi, based on his power, should get 200 or at least 465 people to buy Leflar Bros merchandise using that promo code ORC15. Like, if you had a USAPL promo code, you would be. You would have to quit coaching. Well, I'd have to. I had to create some kind of urgency, though. Like that—that that was the thing—is that the 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 cap that I alluded to possibly being there is what created the urgency. So I got to figure out a way to create the urgency with Leflard Rose. I don't know how to do that. Maybe 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 CB dies on his fifty-sixth birthday, and that's in seven days. So April twenty-seventh is CB's fifty-sixth birthday, and a fortune teller said he dies on that day. So we want to make sure we get CB a good going away party or good going away gift by getting four hundred and sixty-five orders. I feel you like that 15? is I, I feel like that is a, a comment that could get us in trouble by saying that like if if you don't do this this person perishes. <laughs> so I, think, I didn't say he would. I'm just saying as an example. He could if you he could? It's, it's the it's the we all could. But it's the implication. The implication yeah, the impl is what matters. The implication, yeah. The implication is important there. Um, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's our marketing point. That's that's it. If you want to look good. In Left Love Bros merchandise in the gym and outside the gym, it's got to be urgently done. You got to do it right now and you got to use promo code 2WL15, Orc15, Solana15. You got to use all the codes you can. There's a lot of codes you guys can use and you got to get it quick. You got to get that new cop tee quick. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what lies for us tomorrow. Yeah. You don't know you, what happens if you don't look good in the gym and out the gym and it's too late. Use that promo code. <laughs> to WL15. What an omin ominous uh ad read that was. But uh yeah, I yeah. I I yeah, it was it was a it was a fun few days. I am in other group chats 
it was getting passed around a lot. I know I sent it to the group chat too. And people, uh, people, yeah, people were just spreading it to their friends. Coaches were definitely sending it to athletes because that's a pretty important thing to do is send that shit to your athletes. That's um, kind of like I, that would be, I think, the leading cause of this is coaches reaching out to people that they know want to do nationals, qualify for nationals, and are going to do it. Um, I don't know. You want to unleash some takes here? Because I, 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 with a team, like, the amount of teen lifters that are competing, that's where I'm like, okay, we need to maybe dwindle that down just a bit. But people are calling for juniors. No. Keep the juniors at Raw Nationals. Like, I want the, I want the juniors at Raw Nationals because of the point you brought up, Steve. Big meets are good for the Fed. They're good for us. They're good for the sports. So, yeah. So, we'll get to that. Because that's kind of talking about what are the solutions. And I've got kind of multiple options of solutions, and I don't know if anything is perfectly right. But the thing I want to point out first, we already said this for the Arnold. I don't know what's going on, but USAPL registration has been the most chaotic, informal mess lately. It used to be so standardized and so organized, and I don't know what's going on lately. Like first, the the single biggest mistake they made is never announcing a cap until it was too late. The cap should, I mean, again, it took me under 30 seconds, legitimately, not exaggerating, under 30 seconds to figure out the cap. If it took me 30 seconds to figure out the cap, they knew the cap. And that well, should, yeah. have, that should yeah. have been announced when registration got released. It happened with Collegiate Nationals too. That should have been announced. It wasn't. As well as then, from there, we can get into the possible solution. So yeah, like you said, so here's some other, I'll, I'll, get, I'll rattle off the kind of three things I've heard that I think could all be possible solutions. One, uh, there is raw nationals, which is just open lifters. And then there's an age division nationals, which is masters, juniors, and teen lifters. Two, there is uh, raw nationals with open and masters lifters. And teens and juniors can do it, but they have to hit the open qualifying total and have their second division be junior a team, which me personally, I think that's the solution. We'll get a come back around to it though, because I'll say it here. They already that's have collegiate and high school nationals. I don't know why we, I don't know why we need a second one. Yeah. Uh, so we can be able to kind of go. Well, that wasn't, here. wasn't that one. I mean, I, I think they have to just kind of restructure things because that was IPF, right? They had juniors compete at Raw Nationals so they can qualify for Worlds at Raw Nationals yep. as a junior. So, so I, at this to, point, well, we'll, we don't have it. Yeah, we'll talk about it further, but I don't know why we need both meets. And then the last one is some kind of tiered system where it's like pros get to sign up first and then like top 15 from last Nationals. But honestly, that one that one would work, but that's a bit complicated, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um Frankly, that would be pretty, I don't want to say be tough, but it would be a lot more logistical work behind the scenes of managing that and trying to research stuff. That probably would be tough to do. Um, So I'll come back around to my favorite idea is the fact that it should be raw nationals and just masters and open. And then any teen and junior can do it as a secondary division. And since when junior nationals are teen free nationals, but they have to have qualified and their first division has to be open because at this point, for sure, any teen 
is likely in high school. Like, I don't see any reason why most teens wouldn't be in high school. So they can do high school nationals if they want to do a national championship. Juniors and collegiates are a little bit more muddied. I mean, we obviously argued on this last year that we think they should just be one division and they should wipe away the collegiate versus junior. It should just be one thing. But, like, most juniors are a collegiate lifter. And if they're not, you know what? Like, going back to there's so many teens and juniors, if you want to get to raw nationals and we have so many people who qualify now, you should have to qualify for open because frankly, yeah. if you can't, you're, you're, you're really not that competitive in the grand scheme of things yet. So I, I think it's very, I think, I mean, that would probably dwindle it to where there's 800 to a thousand lifters if masters and then open lifters are the only ones that can do raw nationals. Yeah, that's, I, I really like that because I think the qualifying total is set somewhere where that would be a, a, an appropriate total for a junior level lifter to hit. And I mean, it's not too high for a junior lifter. I mean, how junior lifters are good. They're, they're good level lifters. And if you're not hitting that qualifying total, then no, you do not deserve to be a nationals. It's, it is, it is a deserving and merited thing of hitting a qualifying total with the people who are there hitting the qualifying total. And that's kind of the main event. And that's why that exists is for the open lifters. So, that's an appropriate qualifying total. I did love seeing. I love seeing people say that the qualifying totals are too low, um, only because twenty twenty they upped the, the totals and people were like, "Oh damn, a lot of people are going to qualify now because the qualifying totals are too high." It's like it's crazy how fast this sport can move sometimes where they're talking about the qualifying totals potentially being too high and trying to limit people. Now people are blowing past that qualifying total. And now we got, yeah. we're, we got to up it again. And I don't think so. When people said that, I don't think there was a lot. I, I want to put this. I'm just going to say it. there wasn't a lot of thought into it. The issue wasn't open. That's what we're getting at here. The, the yeah. open qualifying totals are fine. I do not think there's any issue there. Maybe you could argue juniors or teens or masters is low, but I don't think that's the issue either. It was just there's too many age divisions that could qualify, and the growth of powerlifting is to the point where you just kind of can't have that many age divisions in a meet. And uh, to kind of – so the other option I said is an, an age division nationals, but the issue there is more national competitions is not better because they're not easy to do on a logistical standpoint uh, mm. with volunteers. Like to get volunteers to come out for multiple national meets is not easy. Um, and frankly, one of the reasons you have to have masters at raw nationals and one of the reasons why masters at the Arnold is awesome outside of the fact that I think it's very deserving because they are a large portion of the population. Like they're actually, I mean, they're a very deserving portion of the population to have these meets uh, is they make up the majority of the volunteers. So guess what? When you put the Masters on Friday at the Arnold, they stick around and they volunteer for Saturday and Sunday. When you put Masters in Raw Nationals, they stick around after they compete and they volunteer and they rest. So you'll want that. You want it, it would be a logistical issue if you had age division nationals and then it's only open nationals for, for raw lifting. And then you have issues of like, okay, now these these people who are the majority of our national referees are having to travel to three, four, five national meets a year, and they just can't do that. So uh, I mean, that was the whole reason for mega nationals to an extent as well. So the answer to, in my opinion, is not more national meets. I don't think that fixes anything. It's just kind of restructuring. And in my opinion, just get rid of juniors and teens being a, a, a primary division and make sure that they have to hit an open total to be able to qualify. Yeah, I, I do. I, for one, think that they should up the total for junior lifters. 
You're if well, you're then, twenty but, but at if that you're point, twenty it's through twenty three. Yeah, exactly. That, so this if you're twenty through so, twenty three, then like are we? It's, it's it's such a weird thing to me. It's, you're you're very strong at that age range. Sublifters peak at that age. So I agree. I agree with that, but I just I'm saying that the fact there shouldn't even be junior qualifying totals because there won't be a junior division per se. Because either one, you qualify for collegiates, which is a different qualifying total, or you qualify for open nationals as a junior. Because frankly, if you if you raise the junior totals, it just becomes open. I mean, it just it, it I agree with you. I agree that they should be raised and it should just be open. Like juniors shouldn't have their own qualifying totals. They should just have yeah, to just, do the open division. Yeah, at, it's at just Ron yeah, nationals. it's just too low in general. Like that shouldn't even. Yeah, I mean, we're we're saying the same thing. It shouldn't even exist. It's just too low of a total for them. They're, you're strong at that age. Like you should have the same qualifying total as open lifter. Um, collegiates is different. Collegiates is a step down from open. So that's why I think they should just combine collegiates and juniors um, because that's – and other, right, other sports, am, like collegiate sports is supposed to be amateur and pro sports are pro. So the distinction and separation between the two makes sense. Um, another fun thing that happened – is I found myself hating myself because of old opinions I had, because I heard other people say these opinions, and I'm like, that's stupid, but I know that I was a person who said this in the past. Without, like, understanding um, that it can only be top 25 lifters in each weight class yep. to be able to do. And I'm like, yeah, if it's natural to be top 25, right? You're If you're top 25 in your weight class, you're a good lifter. And then my brain didn't fully take into account like the up big massive screens that were at 2019 nationals when I developed this opinion and one of the sessions went on too long and they were going in the middle of prime time and I'm like well I these people aren't as good as the prime time lifters they should only be top 25 people and then uh I, I had to spend about a year and a half figuring out how money works and yeah how uh, money how and atmosphere as yeah. well as weight class weight class distribution like because yeah. you might have 50 you might have the 52 kilo men that have one person sign up how should they have the same weight of number like yeah. there there's so many logistical issues with trying to do something like that as well as like okay you're going you're getting to it but like we all went to 2021 nationals it wasn't as fun yeah it wasn't as the meet itself wasn't as fun 2019 it's so stupid of yeah it's just a dumb thing I was at prime time while this was happening, and I didn't once just like I guess gander. Or I did do that. I just didn't put two and two together. I'm like, oh my god, this is so many people watching a powerlifting meet at once. This is awesome. And then I'm like, they could drop the people that are in the stands right now. They should not have them. They should not have them uh, watch and compete. And. This didn't uh, didn't put two and two together there in 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 my dumb dumb head there, but uh, that is. But getting back onto like the actual good thing here, that is like such an evidence that USAPL Raw Nationals is the only meat of its kind. There is no other like country. I country's national meets aren't like this. Four platforms no, going at once. It's just so it's it is Raw Nationals is the USAPL. Like that's what yeah, no, that's what it is. 
Yeah, no one, unless you've been to Raw Nationals, you don't understand. Because it's the same, it it happens slowly over time too. Like even within the U.S., the untested side who all hated USAPL, enough of them started going to Raw Nationals to the point where they're like, yeah, actually USAPL is just better. Like this is, this is the greatest meet we've ever been to in the sense of like just the, the, the enormity of it. Like there's, IPF Worlds is a different beast in the sense of the competitiveness and the elite and bringing different international lifters together. But the enormity and like the scale that, raw nationals is that having four platforms running for 10 hours and then having prime time sessions at night it no one understands how it is unless you're there and the enormity of it is what makes it so great um collegiate nationals too like collegiate nationals if you only had the top top lifters going you wouldn't have these full teams there cheering everyone on like the enormity of the meet is what differentiates usapl from any other federation in the entire world yeah. So regardless yeah. of even competitiveness, just, I mean, if every single elite level lifter goes to the IPF, Raw Nationals is still going to have a thousand lifters. It will. It's mm-hmm. still going to have a thousand lifters because it's it's the greatest meet of its kind. No one else yeah. does it better than USAPL with running these like enormous meets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they you said that with the untested side and people coming, I was in the untested federations for a while and I was like, okay, Nationals is here. I mean, that'd be great to do. And then when I got there, I'm like, immediately just once one session watching one session looking at it like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen as a power lifter and yeah i remember running into garrett when i was there too and i'm like what do you think about this he's like this is the coolest thing ever i don't think he's ever been to a raw nationals and he he went there he went to 2019 he's like this is it's like it just stands alone it's like this is ridiculous it uh the atmosphere is great. The the lifters are great. The community is great. That's it's um it's uh it's also another just kind of the community thing there. Um, also notice I am wearing my AWPC World Championship shirt, which I should probably not wear anymore. Just in light of recent events, <laughs> I think was people in was the, he in charge? Was he in charge of AWEP of that? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the guy who was in charge had to step down for both of his roles because he was associated with him. So, yeah, that was a goop post, ladies and gentlemen. So, APF and WPC is not yeah. doing well. They actually should be a talk. It'd be a good goop. talking point just for fun. Goob went and followed the USA USA Powerlifting Instagram page after the Minnesota stuff, and I'm I'm waiting for him to. Uh, inject himself in the USAPL culture next. Yeah, he's a dork. Um, he he does good things. Whatever, I get it. But that yeah, that guy's. Oh yeah, but I I really clicked on the APF thing. I like still follow him on Facebook. It's just so funny. Like just looking at the comments, it's only like thirty seven comments, and like. 130 likes it's like and you know the president has to step down because he's associated with person who had child porn I'm like it only got 30 comments i'm like i felt like this should be bigger news i'm like they are not uh <laughs> like and that's facebook too it's like a facebook thing instagram they're not even on so it just it that kind of is a really good snapshot of what the APF is but yeah yeah um any any well uh this has an effect on regionals 
That's kind of the other big yes, thing, right? Yes, kind of. That's the other thing. Also, I'll, su- I'll summarize real quick, and we'll get into the regionals, because then regionals has multiple kind of storylines going on. Is one, USAPL needs to get their registration system in check. I don't know what's going on. Again. But it's been terrible. I was, Again, yeah, like this yeah, because it was the always third great. Time, this is the third time we're talking about it in the last one, like, five months. One thing, though, I, I think this is the, the um, aftermath of people possibly leaving to go IPF and like certain people within those roles. Because I remember that was a bit of a problem with the split where people like people in certain positions, not being there anymore. If I remember correctly, I don't know. I think the same person's been in charge of it for a while. I might be wrong on that though. Okay. Way, I could be wrong on that too. Right. Reg- registration. Registration has been a mess lately and it's backtracked to like, redneck local meat registration type stuff apf get why that yeah apf registration uh two um we can restructure things that would be good and then because this current system is outdated based on the fact that we obviously have too many lifters qualifying and then three um yeah just lifters take accountability and keep on top of it like no matter who is it if usapl does some stuff wrong the main person at fault is each individual lifter who did not sign up in time because they weren't paying attention. Yeah, that too. That was kind of one where like people same, were mad. Same thing I, with collegiate. Same thing with collegiate. Like if you don't if you don't sign up and you know registration's open and then you miss out, it's kind of your fault. Yep. Yeah, I there is some level of accountability there of like. The meets has been posted for a while. I know the deadline was August, so I, I I understand that aspect. But yeah, there's there's a level of accountabilities on the lifter side too, and I think even like certain things with the pro series stuff. Like I think I've seeing it today. You know, we had to tell people like this is what the pro series. This this is who's a pro, but I, I like I'm getting things like who's a pro. People know if they're a pro or not. There's like that part should be communicated, dedicated. and there's a website. Yeah, it's like there's a point where it's like you know, as a lifter, where you stand in your ranking. Like that, that part is pretty clear. And if you're a coach, maybe you have to do some uh, like individual research, or, or if you're part of the USAPL, you have to do some individual research. That's really not that difficult. Like not everything could be an Instagram story post or an Instagram post, like getting you this information yeah again people think i have an inside info no i just take like a couple minutes once a week to check everything it's a pretty i i don't know why that isn't like a standard thing every coach does maybe i'm better at like law of deduction and kind of coming to like conclusions off of information because again if you see 686 on the roster and there's different conclusions you could come i came to the conclusion like oh crap we're gonna have a collegiate national situation and we did um, so most of like the inside info I have is just like staying on top of things and having good deduction capabilities of being able to kind of read of what that's going to lead to. So, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be a cool thing for every coach and or athlete to just kind of stay on top of. Yeah, I agree with you there, but, um, yeah, regionals, use your deduct. So. Yeah. Use your deductive reasoning with, uh, with regionals. If so, needed. I don't know. if there was something that. I don't love about this whole situation more than anything. Cause I mean, one, 
the pros need to get in and that's fixed. So that's not something we need to complain about. They're all going to have the chance to get in if they want to. They read their emails. Um, but it is disappointing about regionals because we've already, if anyone listens to Two White Lights, they know we are very pro-regionals. We want to see that become a big thing that is even more important now based on the fact that we see that nationals has too many competitors and that's going to have to dwindle down, that regionals should be even more important, that we're having these stepping stone tiers so that people like getting into powerlifting are looking at like, oh, I really want to compete at regionals. And then once they finally get to compete at regionals, then they see the stepping stone, the nationals. But right now, regionals in, in the past has just kind of been a, a glorified local meet. I feel like this is kind of making a glorified local meet again because there's a lot of people that were going to go to regionals and possibly hit a QT, especially with the handicap that can be given of the plus 50 kilos uh, getting top three in your weight class. And now they likely aren't going to be able to qualify for nationals this year unless they signed up prior, which you could have, which is a whole other debate where some people were not happy about people who don't currently have QTs being able to sign up. I, I could go back and forth on that. But yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed that regionals doesn't mean as much now because like you can qualify, but it's not until now 2024 you could qualify for it. And it kind of stinks because the whole point of regionals, it should be the stepping stone to nationals this year. So that, that could be another thing to add is maybe there has to be some type of allotted amount of reserve spots for regionals competitors that are saved um, so that it doesn't fill up before regionals, because I do not think regionals should exist and have no spots open at nationals for them. Yeah. I, I, that, situation was upsetting but also even more upsetting because i don't know if there's this easy solution to that like this might this i can't think of something that would help because i think we would hit the cap and there would be a lot of lifters trying to qualify through a local meet but we also want regionals to be a big meet where people want to do it and it reaches out to other people who aren't good enough for nationals and they, they can qualify for regionals and that's a good meet for them. But yeah, but that stepping stone esque feel to it would be a good thing for the sport, but well, other lifters just get through a local meet. That's, it's hard. What I think could be done is you have this year's regionals and you can do some, like take some data from it. See how many people qualified for nationals from regionals this year that would have otherwise not qualified. And then next year, whatever the cap may be, reduce it by, let's say it's, let's say it's 75 lifters. We find that through all the regionals would have qualified for nationals this year who would have otherwise not qualified next year, set the cap 75 lower and then guarantee anyone from regionals who hits the QT in the top three can get a spot in nationals. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, there's I, probably I, there's more there's more that needs to go into it than that, but like I think I would I would like for there to be some type of automatic QT from regionals and the nationals where you don't have to like hope you can get a spot in the nationals. Regionals should be the tiered system that guarantees you a spot in the nationals if you place top three or top two or whatever it may be. Top one. <laughs> top one gets an automatic spot. Yeah, I mean, bringing it back, I guess we should have we should have maybe knew this beforehand. That was going to lead to some problems. You know, like you're bringing regionals back when regionals was a thing. It 
powerlifting wasn't what it was today. I'm, I'm not, and I'm only saying that what was the last time regionals was around? 2019. 2019. Yeah, even in that, I mean, powerlifting had such a good uh, spike in those times, and now just more people are getting involved in it. More people want to do nationals. More people are qualified for nationals. So if you bring it back, it could lead to a separate set of problems. And you know, we're they're beefing it up too. You know what we see in the the southern regionals. Um, it's it's beefed up from what regionals was. So it's uh, I I I. I I, I'm going to take that on myself that I should have anticipated a little bit more think, problems with it. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can. I mean, I don't. If, if you were taking until, regionals until, as that. Until, no, until I saw 686 people signed up on April 11th, I did not foresee this being as big of an issue as it was. And even yeah, when no, no. I, yeah, for even sure. When but... I, even when I posted on the private story for my team page, I still very much assumed the cap wouldn't be reached until after regionals. I never would have guessed in a million years it would fill up in two days. So that's one of those things that maybe I foresaw it, but uh, like I don't. That that's I think that's a little bit more of like a a learning curve of not realizing. I mean. Where we're not not I realizing think, your power. I think after maybe collegiates, you could have did. I think after Collegius, maybe you could have deduced that, like, oh, we may need to pay attention here because we didn't realize Collegius would fill up like it did. Raw Nationals might do the same thing. I could get that, but at least when Regionals were initially announced, I would have not have thought this was going to be the issue it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that's okay. a tough one. That, that's a tough one in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I, 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 guess, I, I guess speaking... Along with what you're saying, you thought the cap was going to be hit after regionals. When you started saying that we saw an uptick, I'm like, there's no way the cap is not going to be hit. I, I was giving it oh. like about a, I was I was giving about two weeks. When you oh, when I, you I said mean, it, when you said it, I'm like, oh, if, I'm like, I think this will be hit in two weeks. When I if when I said it, I still didn't think regionals. But within four or five hours, when I started getting DMs from dozens of people, then I was like, oh, crap, this is going to be within a couple of weeks. And then it ended up being two days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, so that's that sucks for regionals. Um, the good thing is you can still get a QT for 2024, but hopefully they're going to fix this registration issue for 2024. The other big the other big drama was the fact that uh, Midwest and Central regionals got canceled for a second there yeah so i'll let you lead on this you can decide how deep you want to go on this one i don't i don't know the specifics of it so i mean it was announced because i mean all right you're you would be the legal guy here it was due to that lawsuit okay so i i'll say the timeline that i'll say the timeline that i know and i might leave some stuff out because i don't know how much is (laughs) public versus in the actual court documents and i want to be careful here yeah that's so. that's why also i want to also say big reason because a lot of people are asking us to talk about this and have an episode on it big reason why we don't talk about it is that is like we can get a lot of shit wrong and i'm not gonna say it's like a sensitive it is a sensitive delicate thing that's kind of not it's it's somewhat a reason why we're avoiding it but not like the main reason like going through the court records, I think is important to discuss if you're discussing this. And we're bad journalists for a reason. 
Wars. Yep. Come on. Come so, on. So yeah, I'm gonna be very. I'm gonna be very. I don't know what I word for it. I'm not going to say the specific details that I've heard because I don't know the ultimate specifics. So I want to be careful here. But obviously, yeah. USAPL is in a lawsuit uh, over transgender athletes. It's been going on since 2019, I believe. And it's been very publicized that they lost the lawsuit. Um, and after they lost the lawsuit, they were given two weeks to uh, submit a proposal for what they were going to implement. From what I understand... They submitted a proposal that was very much in line with what the IPF does. That proposal was not, I don't know who denied it. From what I understood, the plaintiff did not see it as a fitting situation. And so then they kind of went to a standstill where they didn't have a resolution yet on the proposed rules, which even with that, I'm, I'm unsure if that is just Minnesota based or like nationally based rules of like how that applies, because I think that is... I might be wrong. I believe that would be just for Minnesota because I think each state would have different laws. And like Texas is has very different political views than Minnesota. They may not have, allow the same type of standards. I don't know. From what my understanding, it would be Minnesota only. Either way, plaintiff did not like or, or plaintiff or indoor judge did not uh, approve of the uh, proposal. Then I'm not going to list what I heard, but I heard some things happened. And the judge wasn't happy. And so then the judge basically barred USAPL from operating business in Minnesota. So therefore, there can no longer be any meets, nor could any new memberships be sold. So current members who have a current membership up to date in Minnesota still can have a membership and can compete elsewhere. But no other memberships could be sold to Minnesota residents who either did not have a membership or I believe had to renew their membership. So obviously that affected uh, uh, regionals, which is on May 27th and 28th, because that was going to be in Minnesota. Um, and fortunately, it just got announced today that MG Powerlifting, who was the meet directors, were able to find a venue in Wisconsin that's only about an hour or so away. And it's for the same date. And frankly, that was the best case scenario. I'm, I, I yeah. hope no one is going to be upset about that. Because frankly, that especially MG powerlifting, I mean, if you want to have opinions on USAPL and versus that whole case in general and size, whatever, MG powerlifting crushed it. And what they did by within a week relocating to a, a, a place that's within driving distance, keeping it on the same date. And that is amazing that that. Yeah, I, I as well as they're offering refunds for people that aren't able to accommodate for that. So they killed it. I mean, hats yeah. off to MG powerlifting. That was a horrible think, situation for them. And they they crushed it and how they handled it. Yeah, I think um, I I don't know if it's underrated, but Minnesota as a USAPL state is pretty underrated. Um, great lifters come out of there. Really good culture community. Love the spotters and loaders there. Love what they do. They really, I mean, why USAPL successful? The reason why we're talking, you know, all these great things about raw nationals, just the meat itself, is because of like people like that in Minnesota. Is those the gym owners, the people who volunteer, the people who become national refs? They're amazing. Like they are fantastic, and that is a huge hit. Um, like almost losing that state in that lawsuit because they're responsible for a lot of great things in the USAPL. So that um, the change they made in venue regional is still going on in Wisconsin. Oh, they did the kind thing, which is a very Midwestern-y thing. 
to refund lifters. Uh, yeah, they, they handle it very well. Um, yeah, and um, uh, like this, have you been seeing a lot of like back and forth about this whole issue? Because I don't know if you if if you're being on the side that believes that transgenders should be allowed to compete in the USAPL. Like, I would like to hear from them on why this is a W, why this is a win. Like, <laughs> lifters who have no connection to a trans lifter competing in this federation is not allowed to compete anymore. I mean, the punishment towards the USAPL is, I guess, a win for that, but. I think it comes so, at the expense of a lot of just regular local lifters, and they're like, I don't so, give a shit about any of this. I just want to max out my lifts. The only thing I'll clarify there is this was not the plaintiff's uh, proposal to bar USAPL. This was the judge that did it. This was okay. not something that the plaintiff asked for. But on social media, they did support it. Yeah, that's, I'm like, I don't know how that's good. Agree with it, don't yeah. agree with it. Like, if you're just a person who wants to compete in a local meet, gym meet, like, really, I have to not compete now because of of this of, of opinion that many people, many people, believe it or not, just don't even have opinions on this. They don't give a shit. Like, yeah, transgender can't compete with me, I don't care. And if they don't, I don't care either. Like there is a, there is an argument to be had, but I, I would just like, well, I don't, yeah, on social media, that's what I was seeing. I was looking at it and I'm like celebrating this. I, I get the, the issue was with the USAPL and people involved, but the fallout, I, I don't see how that's, that's a win. That's like a, sh it's kind of a shitty win. Yeah, that's a rough one. Cause yeah, I mean, because, like you said, there's some people who might be kind of neutral. They don't they don't really side heavily one way or the other. But once they're affected by it, then they care. And if, well, regardless regardless of your political stance here, this is going to create more divide between the two sides. It, yeah. it will. It's just going to create even more divide where both sides are going to get more heavily ingrained in their beliefs. Well, yeah. Well, let me because this is kind of a thing that's been coming up recently, and I'm gonna try to tip my toe way around this before it turns into like um, an all-out debate. But how many women have to disapprove of a transgender competing in their division? Because that's one of my opinions. I don't care as much. Really, like it's not really dominating my. Um, uh, uh, it's not really dominating my opinions because I know that a transgender athlete won't come to the men's division and just start taking all of our records and taking our national championships and, you know, possibly winning some big money. It can only really happen with females. So that's why I preface that. How many women have to, like, say this is an unfair competitive advantage and we don't agree with it before you start just – listening and then making those decisions based on that i i guess as a as a country as this sport because i yeah, say I it's that's... not it shouldn't be a majority if that's the case if 30 percent of women believe that i'm like that's enough women for me to be like we gotta really reconsider this because if they're saying it's an unfair competitive advantage which i would agree with them you should listen to that just depending on the amount of people 
But then there's a fine line there. It's like, well, how about 25%? How about a quarter of the people? How about less than a quarter? How about more than that? Is it super majority? Which way do you go on that? And to me, I say if women, and there's a lot of them, I will say that, and they are, they are definitely afraid to voice their opinions on this because they're afraid of being called a transphobe and they're afraid of being called you know something bigoted. They don't want to voice their opinion, but if we take that actual like poll... If 30% of women say it's an unfair competitive advantage and they don't feel comfortable competing with a trans athlete, I, I say you have to listen at that point. Then this victory of yeah. not having people compete in USAPL Minnesota doesn't really feel like a victory at the end of it. And, I mean, that's why this is a this is a pretty pronounced issue right now. Like, this is going well outside of USA Powerlifting. Uh, the International Track and Field Federation just changed their rules against what the IOC has, and they barred trans athletes from competing. You then had, actually, literally today, the, I, I might just get this wrong because I don't follow politics very well. I believe the House voted to bar trans athletes in high school settings, but then it's going to probably get vetoed because... Democrats have the majority in the Senate and or if it makes it to Biden, he's going to veto it. E either way, my point of there is that like the fact that like this is this is this is a very it's not it's highly not, debated topic. Yeah, it, there is there is there is not a clear cut side of what. I don't know if I say the majority, but like it it is it is it this is going to be a continued thing. That's all. I'm, that's that's where I'm. Yeah, at. It's, it's well. I mean, it's it's been going on for a long time. It doesn't seem like there is a compromise here. Um, I I will say that I would like to see more people aside from men talk about this because it's like I, I think this does hurt women's sports. I, I really think it does. Like it. That's my opinion on it. And you know, I voice my opinion. My DMs are open. I might not read any of them. But my DMs are open based on what I said on this podcast. Um, but I do think it's a problem for women's sports. If they agree with it, if they don't agree with it, you know, they can voice their logical opinion and give me some evidence if they want to. Um, but it would be refreshing to see because then I see guys on it and they're really passionate about it. And I'm like, I'm not really passionate about it because I really don't care that much because... I'm not one in jeopardy. You call me selfish, you could call me ignorant, but that's just kind of my viewpoint. But I do think it's a problem that the only opinions you see on this that are really scathing and harsh are, are, are guys' opinions. Yeah. But, I mean, and the one thing, can, can, what, my, what, what happened in Canada, though? I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but... Yeah. That's... Yeah. A, I, come on, how oh. can you not acknowledge that that's, like, a great example of what's happening? And a lot of Canadian lifters have problems with this. <laughs> they do. And one of the things too that's that's hard for me in this situation is I want everyone to have the capabilities to compete. And you know what? In some sports, there's only one option. And then that's where it's a bit tough because like there's only one option to compete. What I'm getting at is powerlifting is interesting. We are one of the we are one of the singular sports that has an entire side of the sport that is open to whatever you would like to choose to do. Yeah. There, that's where it's a bit tough for me in the fact that I, it's not even a fact of like, 
should trans lifters be able to compete in their desired sex? It's for me, powerlifting does have a, two very distinct categories of where you can compete. And I think there's a, a second debate, regardless if you believe trans lifters should compete in their desired uh, category. Um, the fact that there legitimately is two different federations that allow different uh, use of uh, hormones and drugs and supplements and stuff like that, um, where like, you know what, in weightlifting, that doesn't exist. And that's a bit more of a debatable topic because you know what, it trans lifters don't have that option because there's not the untested side that allows uh, hormones and, and different treatments that uh, they don't have a, a waterproof list because yeah, that's that's just an, that's that's an interesting part about powerlifting. That's where I have a little. That's where it's a little bit tough there too. Is the fact that like we we do we do have that kind of distinction that's that other sports don't. Yeah, good point. I you know, um, gonna maybe maybe ready myself for a couple of DMs. Like, why don't you have someone on the opposing side join the podcast? It's like. Uh, people I don't think we're to... opposing anything, though. I think we're no, yeah, exactly. Well, well, presenting I... things, it's like, why don't you have someone who can educate you more? It's like, well, we only really dedicated fifteen minutes to to this. I'm like, you could put a whole lot more minutes onto it, and yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm somewhat preparing myself for that. But it could be one of those things where I'm just totally maybe a nar- everyone maybe DM, a narcissist. Everyone DM Angelo. He's the official person to talk to about this. Yeah, because I've been actually doing a really good job of not responding to my DMs recently. So you are. Yeah, you won't I, even respond to me half the time. So yeah, if you if you yeah. DM Angelo and he doesn't respond, his boyfriend doesn't get responses either. Nope. Nope. I mean, I'm in hot water with my girl. I mean, I have yeah, I have a girlfriend too. On top of that, and uh, you know how hard it is juggling those two things. Just responding to that on time. You know, it's just it's a busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've, we've been busy. Actually, I might, I, but one thing I was kind of thinking of like a perfect way to introduce this, and I think possibly after a segment we get canceled, we should open this. Oh, perfect! I mean, yeah, yeah, right, right. So, uh, Mass open the boomer box. Yeah, oh, I Massonomics has sent us the something again. And they keep on doing this, sending me free stuff. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have anything in my hands. Massonomics. I'm the one that makes the memes. Angelo isn't the one making the cool memes to go back and forth. That's all me. And big shout out to Squat Meme Deadlift. They, they yeah, he does. He does help too. But let's be clear, Angelo. Angelo does none of it. Yeah, I do none of it. I, I don't do any of it. And. I got ourselves another drink spotter, as you can see here. I have two now, by the way. I have two of these. This yeah, one. So I'm take when I come this down. This is to a Houston, new. It's a. It's a. Hold on, drink spotter light. It's um definitely more light and compact, and this looks like a magnet. So if you guys do fitness, mm-hmm. yeah, like if I can. Well, no, actually, that goes on the one, side of a combo rack or a power rack. This one magnet. You do a realize a combo rack is made out of metal is magnetic, right? You you do realize you can put a magnet on the side of a rack and it will stick. Well, now I or learned something above, like, new today. History teacher level information. Way above it. Way above it. Actually, this is more convenient for me because the other drink spotter, like I don't have a power rack, so I couldn't really. And I mean, like ninety nine point nine percent of the people listening to their show are people with home gyms. Um, 
And I'm and they did say on the card I'm a combo rack guy. So yeah, drink spotter lights. But if I put this on my fridge though, it'd be a pretty solid place to That would be cool. That is that I mean handy. it is it is a better I mean, again, they did this again. I am giving them an ad read right now because that would lead to more purchases. Would be if you do that like if we have that it's like, oh, I don't have a combo rack. I can just put it on my fridge instead and show that I support massonomics. That would be a great ad read. Hell, give us a give us a promo code. Let's do that's a yeah. do an inter podcast. How does two Life not have a massonomics <laughs> promo code net? And um, there's a card, and I think massonomics is lives in my head because this is what they said. Big Angelo, you get one of these, and Steve does not because he didn't show his face at our booth at the Arnold. Also, because please. I had to coach the entire time. I literally was coaching for like 15 hours each day. I wanted to. I never. This is the first time in like eight years I haven't gotten in the expo. You know what, Steve? It podcasters make the time. We make the time to go see each other. Also, I did share a drink with him at Brothers too. So I saw them twice, and I made the time to see. My fellow podcasters. We're in a beef. We're in a rivalry. But I made the time, Steve. And I think you got it, too, because right. now I it's have on, a great spot It's on you. I'm done making memes. <laughs> you have to make the memes from now on. Well, we got to get and the probably... Discord channel. Because I think we're we're segueing very nice. Because I'm, I think there are... I have not read this note, obviously. Because I just opened a thing. But I think they're about to talk about that. Also, please don't use this for alcohol beverages, as most two white listeners still are not old enough to participate. So, I would like to point out really quick that our demographic is more in the range of 28 to 34 than 18 to 22. Would like to point that out. It's a small percentage, but we do have... Well, we, yeah, because most I, of our listener I, base I, is... I, yeah, thanks to me, I bring in the 28 to 34, you bring in the 18 to 22. Steve, I'm 30. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I don't know how I've all of a sudden got this thing right, reach young lifters with, my, I have a very anti-young lifter page. I only post my lifting. I don't have any cool edits. Because they love it. Look, it's, a, it's, this... a, it's, a, it's a historic tactic is you act like you hate them and they love you even more. I just neg them. I yeah. yeah, that's that's how it, that's yeah. I guess that's how it's done. Also, look what Massonomics is doing to and, us. And you, and they are you driving us. They are driving us apart. They're driving us apart by this. You notice that, right? They are. What they did are, they say? Nothing. That that's it. But we just argued for a, a lot, and I, I I I did get the gift, and it was because I showed up to their booth. But look what they're doing. That's true. And then you promise not to make memes of yeah. them anymore. Well, you know what so, I'm going to do? I'm going to go order a King of the Lift shirt. Do they make those? They were, They had mugs for a while. I'm going to order a mug. See? This is it. We could swap. We should do a, a podcast episode on what if we swap podcasts. Ghost. <laughs> if, if we had Tanner come on here, you go on Massonomics. Well, we they've had... We just need to have them on because we they've had us on. We need to have them on now and do something. We do. Actually, yeah, because we're we uh we yeah, we like I've said at the beginning of the show, we had that one day of recording a week where people are like, Where's our two I lights episode? I don't know if they're saying that about Mass Anonymous, I'm just saying. But people are always like, Where's the two I lights episode? We need it right now. We love this show. It's the best show in powerlifting. 
I don't wait this long for Massonomics episodes because I don't notice the difference of when they release episodes. They have said that. I am not saying that right now. Other people have said that. But, yeah, that would be an awesome episode just to have those two guys on. Uh, maybe they start sending you things. I think that's the only reason why you want them to have them on, just so they send you things. I just think there are a couple of, uh, you know, we have our problems, but I think they're... I I I think I I've been, I mean I'm been, I'm getting the gift so of course I'm saying it but yeah they're uh they're they're a good couple of guys I I officially like Ryan more than Tanner and Tommy we should have Ryan on the show actually I think we should have that's a, that is a thing we should maybe have Ryan on the show and just see how that goes I think it goes well because he's a very nice guy in spite of us somewhat being dicks at times but. Well, because he doesn't have this. Well, it works with us in Messonomics because they understand the humor. Because even though they're not, I don't think they're from Chicago. They understand the no, they're the Chicago, They understand the banter. Like that's the whole, don't that's make, whole if, thing. It's North. If it's we like don't North make South fun Dakota of you, that means we don't like you. Like if we make fun of you, it means we actually like you enough in some way to actually like make fun of you. Yeah. Except for just health. <laughs> yeah that's true funny enough i was at a chiropractor appointment this week and my chiropractor my chiropractor brought up joe sullivan i was like hey funny enough he had no idea that i had any uh connection to joe sullivan he, i was just yeah. like funny enough i feel like friends. you don't i feel like you don't i don't feel like he doesn't care anything about you and really probably not channeled all though, of his hate even, towards me even though i did it i'm the one that yeah. said what pissed them off in the first place yeah so. but yeah, on because again, Massonomics has infiltrated us with within. This is, I guess, a win on their part because we just talked about them for like over five minutes now. Uh, yeah, thank you for the drink spotter light. I will be sure to use this, and only I, uh, Angelo Fortino, the person loyal enough to go and visit them at their Arnold booth. All right. So speaking right. of our demographic yeah. being a bunch of young people, you read my mind. I was about to say the same exact thing. See, all right, we're back in sync. Massonomics, you can't drive yeah. us apart for that long. We're back in sync. So, yes, the people who are not old Ain't enough no to lie, use baby, this drink spotter. What? <laughs> Why did you do what? that? Why did saying, you do that part? Tearing up my heart when I'm with you and when we are apart, I feel it too. No matter what I do, I feel the pain with or without you. I don't know why that stunned you... me just now. I know what it is. That I. No, that not I that you knew the sync... words. Not, yeah. It just, I don't know, it just kind of, I I was caught off guard by it. But, all right, continue. Yes, the people who are not old enough to use this drink spotter competed, um, which seemingly was another fantastic Legion Nationals meet. Yeah. I, th I think what we have to lead off with is a semi-apology to Grant Iverson for yeah, not talking I, I, about him at all. I am going to semi-apologize. Yeah. I say semi-apologize, because let's, let's caveat here a bit. One, we his lift mentioned went up. on yes, his lift ran up. One on the preview show, we mentioned that it was probably the least amount of research we put in because we were not going to do an entire three podcast preview show like we do for Raw Nationals two. So when I downloaded the roster and sorted everything. Because Grant did not have a qualifying total, which is an interesting story that we're, I don't even think I'm going to get into. Since he did not have a qualifying total, he did not sort into the actual standings. So therefore, 
He did not even show up on the roster because of that. Had no idea Dylan Campbell dropped out, which apparently we're supposed to know according to a certain person's close friends who said we're supposed to have dig dug through <laughs> every single person's. I didn't say any it. names. <laughs> yeah, okay, good point. I'll yeah, I didn't say any names. I just said someone who has a close friends was saying that we were uh, well, the right. entire episode was pointless because we didn't go through every single Instagram post hey, for a thousand and eight. Hey. A thousand if it was seventy-two lifters. Hey, listen, man. If it was pointless for you listening to it, imagine recording the damn thing and finding out a day after that the lifter isn't doing the meet because we didn't see in our Instagram caption that he was apparently not doing the meet. Yeah, we love when that happens. It doesn't make it feel like it's a waste of time for us. We have feelings too, you know. We have things so. that we get pissed off about, and that's one of them. So, yes, because of that, Grant didn't even show up on the roster. And none of us noticed that because we were all, I mean, even. I even, totally I mean, forgot he, totally forgot he was competing. Yeah, which is a whole weird situation, too, because he actually didn't have a QT, but that's a whole situation. About he didn't compete at the last one either, right? No, he, well, I'll just say it since I'm already getting to it. He got an exemption to compete even though he didn't have a QT because USAPL copy and pasted from last year and forgot to change the dates oh. <laughs> for the qualification period. That's actually great. They didn't, they didn't update the dates, so therefore he signed up because he was within the dates, and when they changed it, he got an exemption from it. Either way, I'm not yeah. saying he didn't deserve it. Yeah, no one, yeah, well, no, one, no one cared because he's But good. I'm explaining why he was I'm explaining no, I know, why he I know, wasn't I know, showing I know. up. It's good explanation. Anyway, sim- semi-apology. I'll take half fault. But yeah, Grant freaking killed it. Absolutely killed it. Kill- I mean, the, the probably the, the battle of the meet uh, was Grant versus Tyler. That was neck and neck the entire time. Grant crushed that final deadlift. Tyler loaded it up to try and pull the American record and pull for the win. Just wasn't quite wasn't there. Wasn't quite there. But that was that was the battle of the meet. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was the battle we thought we were going to get between Dylan and Tyler when we thought Dylan was doing the meet. We didn't even know Grant was doing the meet. So yeah, hey, hey Grant, wait. You know what? Next man up. We thought we thought Dylan Campbell the entire time, but you you know, it wasn't a complete waste of time, right? If we if no, we had not, Grant not Iverson, if we had yeah, not a complete waste because we got to see an actual battle and just substitute one lifter for the other. Um, if Grant Iverson was on the roster, what would you have him? In, I know I, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, probably right in that battle. I I didn't look at his page, but looking back at his page now, because after I saw what he put up, I went and looked at his list to kind of look at it. I was like, yeah, pro- I would have had him right there with Tyler. I, we would have been talking about Grant, Dylan, and Tyler as a three way battle. Yeah, I probably would have yeah. gave him. For, I would have gave him first. I think it's still nice. close. Nicely, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying like, yeah, he's first without a shadow of a doubt, but I'm I would have probably gave him because he's just a nice well-rounded lifter he is but i mean that was a big breakout for him i mean that was that was how much of a pr was that over his last yeah we haven't we haven't seen him in a really long time um i remember when i did his two white lights pitcher he gave me like a a picture of like this local meet in wisconsin that was 65 feet away now he's probably got some nice high def shit he can send me i think he totaled 864 and last year at uh Powerlifting American Nationals, he did 836, so 28 kilo PR total, which I think, I think a big, I think squat was pretty similar. It was main, I think he mainly, he PR'd his bench 
he hit 211, I think, so like a seven and a half kilo PR. I think he had hit a pretty big PR deadlift. That's where the majority of it came from. So, yeah, but yeah, huge there. I mean, him and Tyler, both, we talk about it all the time, both open, open competitive level lifters could be at, at Raw Nationals and be in that top 10, top five discussion, even possibly. So, fantastic meet from them. And I think the, the other two guys on the other two people on the men's side that had huge performances. Uh, Taylor Castile, which I don't think was a big surprise. We knew that was coming, but he just had a perfect day. Uh, one best overall lifter. Uh, and then Hayden Willis, which we kind of talked about. We were like, okay, I think he can win, but we just didn't know as much because he wasn't posting a ton that would lead to it. He hasn't been in the USAPL for a while. Huge day from Hayden. Uh, I think he may have been, was he third? I think it was, I think it was Taylor Grant and then Hayden as top three best overall lifters. I got to double check that. You can see Mike got it flipped. And if you are right, then I'm editing out the part that I am wrong. And then no, if I am right, I am not editing. I, uh, I will edit out as I so please. Did I have this? I felt like this is a graphic somewhere. Yeah, you got to you gotta go old school here. We can't go on Instagram. We have the team winners. That's what's posted. Which, I mean, that's... Oh, wait, hold on. I had the... Uh, yeah, Hayden Willis was second. So I was right. Steve was wrong. Actually, it was an unbelievably close too. I know it's super close between all of them. I mean, on any really given day, you could probably uh, swap these lifters out. Grant Iverson five nineteen dots. Hayden Willis five twenty one point four, and Taylor Castile five twenty one point six. We got two tigers and a badger on the podium there. But um, yep. yeah, yeah, that's uh, on, that, the women, that on the on the women's side, and it really the meat, the performance of the meat, bar none, yep. undebatable, Alexis Jones. Yeah, we biggest were all right total, about that, right? All right about yeah. that one. Biggest total of all time in female powerlifting on the tested side, and she's frankly creeping up there for the untested too. Because we talk about we talked about a lot about Jesus and his total, and if he hit X and beat Ray, greatest performance of all time. Alexis has got to be getting close there because part of part of the comparison with like Ray and Jesus was the fact that they also were the best totals ever. Dan, Dan Bell was the only one in the conversation of saying ever. Like that's even more impressive when the fact that you're totaling more than the greatest untested lifter ever. I think Alexis is only 29 kilos off the greatest untested total of all time. If she beats that, then we got to start talking about that being the greatest performance ever in the history of female powerlifting. Well, also, yeah, if you're creeping up on female untested records, female untested stuff is a different ball game because testosterone is going to affect them way different. Like that's why it's just kind of like a wash when you really look at comparing untested females to tested females. Like to me, there's zero comparison. You you can't start making like I I I I'm of course I'm gonna find tested lifters to be more impressive, but like that's that's a severe difference between the two is because of the effect testosterone has on them. And yeah, if you're getting that so, close, that's ridiculous. So pulling it up, I think she went seven oh one, I believe is what Lexus hit. That would be fourth yep. all time. Tamara Walcott's at seven thirty five, April Mathis at seven thirty uh point two because i guess it was on pound plates or something um and then samantha rice at 702.5 that's yeah that's ridiculous that is so amazing 
So she would be fourth. She beats Shakira Ingram, um, Jessica Springer, Christy Hawkins, uh, Kirsten Skurlock, Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. And, um, yeah, really low-key lifter, too. Um, but deserves all that credit. Lifter of the meat, by far. Um, second place, you get Leanne Lee. With a, I, I would yeah, qualify yeah. as a massive, massive breakout performance. Five sixteen dots. Yeah, I mean it's kind of what we've been waiting for because she just hasn't quite had the meet day. Um, she hasn't peaked super well. This is her first actual meet with Marcellus now. Um, and yeah, huge. I mean, uh, as as a biased person looking at this weight class, I mean, uh, after Jessica left, it was kind of and Kate Cohen had left at one point. In the 48 kilo division, it's kind of like, oh, is Demetra kind of the lone wolf here? But then we saw Leanne, and she obviously is in the picture big time after this meet. And then I'm going to throw it out there. It's not even part of this meet. But Kate Cohen just competed and hit a 402.5 total two weeks ago or a week ago. But that was, she didn't cut, so she weighed 50.17 kilos. But either way, Leanne versus Demetria versus Kate at Nationals is a battle. Mm-hmm. That could be one of the the better battles. I mean, I, very likely all three of them could go over 400 kilos. That could be one of the better battles for all of Nationals on the women's side. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm going to take credit for this one. I told her to compete at 48 kilos. To my knowledge, I'm the only one. I don't know if Marcella said anything. I mean, I don't, uh, I'm not Marcel- in those conversations. Marcellus definitely told her to stay at 44. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to tell me that he didn't say that, so I'm just going to take credit. Um, I mean, and also, if you look at the podiums here, you have, uh, at the top, you have Taylor Castile, Craftman. Second place, you got Craftman, but I think you should put Team Fortino Consulting. We're sharing that title, Team Fortino Weight Class Consulting. I should be kind of in the, like, a little asterisk there at the bottom. Um, then you have a Petri. Uh, a blessed athlete with Layla Taylor in third place, the A and M Aggie. Mm-hmm. Yep, five five thirty nine point five total at was she eighty two and a half or ninety? I think she was eighty two and a half, which that would be. I don't think she's. I don't know if she's doing nationals though. Let me look. I do not because know that either. would be. I'm gonna look that up. Let me make sure I'm right here. I think she's eighty two and a half. Let me do a fine so I don't have to search this. Massive. Yeah, 82 and a half. So if we're going to nationals, I believe, let's see if she signed up. She is not signed up. If she was signed up, she would be the uh, coming in number one nominated by one and a half kilos over Margaret Nikase and then uh, two kilos over Daniela Mello. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I lied. I lied. Layla is in. She is in. I lied. Bad journalism. But she's going to have to update her total, and she will be the number one nominated person. And that is only a half. That that was only a – I know this. She was only a half kilo away from the American record because Autumn Green holds the American record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah, I I think we we spotlighted her last year on Collegiate Nationals, too, either on the recap or the preview. But – Really good young lifter who's growing into the sport, doing a fantastic job of, you know, kind of maintaining that momentum. Um, yep, someone to definitely look out for. And that's why we love collegiate nationals. Like, all the people we just mentioned in those top three podium positions are both male and female. I mean, Alexis Jones already, it's 
um, kind of on her on her. She's currently living within a um, fantastic professional career. Like, if you were telling me, like, hey, would you trade places with Alexis Jones right now? I'd be like, yeah, national champion, uh, you know, fourth all time total, tested, untested. I'll trade lives. I'll trade. I'll trade careers with that. Um, so, and she's and she just won collegiate nationals too. So that's that's the difference. Is she's a collegiate level after doing it. But Taylor yeah. Castile, Hayden, Grant, Leanne, all we had a uh, man, man. We we talked about the big showdown uh, on the women's side was Mandy Ogo versus Kate Staley, and it lived up to the hype decently. I don't think either of them had like the performance that they hoped for. I think they were both uh, a little down uh, from their expectations, especially I think Kate Mandy walk came away with it. Um, she's the national champion. Like I said, I think I both Mandy and Kate are two of the most gifted and talented lifters I've seen on the women's side coming in the sport in a long time. Mandy fortunately is signed up for raw nationals. I think Kate missed out, which is unfortunate though. I don't think she's going to get her redemption there, but I mean, they're both, they're both competitors that in the next two, three years at most, are we're going to probably be talking about like if they can stick with it and keep progressing uh, national champion and the open division status. Yeah. If we were going to have another uh, fantasy draft there um, with uh, prospect lifters, those would definitely be, I would say second round picks just because um, of all like the proven collegiate lifters we already have. Right, who are already good open lifters, um, which those two would be. I mean, those two are good open level lifters, but that's why I think not as many people are talking about it is because they didn't have quite those meets where they're matching the performance along with the top podium finishers. Like the top podium finishers, obviously, should get a little bit more of that spotlight. Um, but yeah, again, the the proof is there, the evidence is there. Um, I think Mandy is getting quite high on everyone's lifts because I, I if you just go to her page, you'll understand why. That's just yeah. a, a phenom waiting to happen. I'm trying to pull up the dynasty draft. Who had Alexis? Oh, Solana. I drafted. You? I drafted Alexis in the first. You should round. lose. You should lose her because you didn't even know till now. You don't. Re- who did you draft? Perk. Did I? Okay. <laughs> I, I remember my team. <laughs> did I did I did I draft Sam Calhoun <laughs> and my futures too? No. I did, I know I didn't. One. I know I didn't, but No, you um, were you were Perk, Celine Crum, Jessica Espanol, Caitlin Barry, and Alex Lucko. I was Alexis Jones, Gabby Martinez, Morgan Aquino Garcia, Chance Mitchell, and Sean Noriega. I like my team. All right. Thank you for reminding me. Also, I was drafted during that future draft as well. So maybe that's why I'm saying like they would be second rounders because we had thirty year olds drafted. drafted. Who Carrie. drafted you? Carrie, right? Oh, that was dumb. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he drafted the old guy. You gotta I, love it. You got. Carrie did draft Natalie Richards though, so that's not too bad. He drafted her before Jaja Cobb, so therefore I'm I'm a little biased there. That's a, that's a decent pick. Yeah, so I don't know. I, like I probably, I probably, I probably looked bad for passing. I mean, at the time, I didn't coach Natalie, but it looks bad that I passed on her and took Alexis. Yeah, albeit, albeit there was debate at the time. The fact is, Alexis has a bit of a less competitive weight class 
uh, I mean, it, at least at the USAPL level, there's not any competition. She just hits her openers and she wins. Um, the real battle is when we get to see her, hopefully, eventually versus uh, Bonica and uh, Brittany Schlater. Yeah. Yeah, for eventually. sure. So, yeah. Anything but, else from Collegiate uh, Nationals that stuck out to you, Steve? Uh, Emily, I'll throw out two more. Emily Reynolds and Courtney Hopkins both did really, really good. Emily, 490.5 kilo total in the 75 kilo class, which would be very competitive nationally. Courtney Hopkins, 514 at 90. Um, both really, really good there. So, yeah, that was the main thing there. Uh, yeah, maybe they, I'll say the other thing, maybe they shouldn't wait until the week out to find commentators. That would be a good idea for future collegiate nationals. Yeah, they should look for uh, yeah, they should look for more professional commentators too, right? Yeah, professionalism who, who is who, the key. Who who don't lack prof- who don't lack professionalism, as comments yeah. may say, lack professionalism. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was well, collegiate like I did like. I mean, I thought there was days with really good commentary and days where I'm like, I know what's going to happen if you have volunteers. It's, it's hard to commentate meets, but I will say one thing, big time. Um, live stream was great. That was White Lights Media again, right? I don't think so. It looked much better. It was more clear. I no mean, one was really better, complaining. Like, but, like last time was last really year. blurry. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So, like, I... Live I know Mar- I, You're, you're I know not going to get a. There. I don't know. I don't know if Marshall was doing anything he doesn't, with it. No, I, I don't think he. I, I don't. I don't think he, he didn't like last time. Um, but I just like. I, I just like what I saw. Just more clear. Okay, collegiate nationals with a multi-platform meets. You're gonna have to kind of get bare minimal, like not super detailed graphic overlays and all this stuff. Just give me what's. Give me the point, and I'm and I'm fine with it. And I thought that was a good um, live stream and. Yeah, I would like to probably, like, um, Aria Patra and I think Gabby Martinez commentated, and I was like, perfect. Like, those are two lifters who know the sport, know a collegiate league, follow the sport very closely. That's good, but when you volunteer, especially for collegiate nationals, when you're getting college kids to do it, the, the commentator's going to fall. Also, okay, got to say it, funniest moment. I, I, I knew I was missing something here. Collegiate nationals is always good for one hilarious moment. La- oh, we 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 forgot to mention what's his face, uh, the Midland lifter, on the on the preview show. I I oh I I can't believe I forget. I don't his know name. what you're talking about. You remember? You no, you remember most electric lifter of all time. He's not there anymore. I know, but as far as moments go, like one of the greatest collegiate, like that was the moment. Matt, of Matt Weisberg. Yeah, Matt Weisberg. There he is. Yeah, Matt Weisberg. So so that was because there's always a hilarious moment at collegiate nationals or something or something that's just like awesome to see and baton rouge the person who did the empty squat and then he just decked his spotter in the face that was awesome um a lifter a lifter accidentally getting called the c word by the commentator that was hilarious um and <laughs> this year i know matt weisenberg just putting out a show with every attempt that was 2020 uh, 2022. This year, did you hear? <laughs> did you hear the commentator <laughs> just go? Taylor Castile was lifting, and he just goes, and that's his coach. I believe that's Austin Perkins. I did. I, it. My, 
<gasps> Holy shit! Watch it. It is the funniest thing ever because I, a poor kid, I'm, I'm putting him on blast here. Even if he was joking, I would like just think this is the funniest thing of all time. He just goes, I, I believe that's his coach, Austin Perkins. I could be wrong on that. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. That's <laughs> just, I'm like, not, they look nothing alike. Nothing alike. Austin Perkins and Marcellus Williams. Only one distinct feature that they share. That's it. That's where the that's where the similarities begin and end. And I yeah, was they're like, both 75, they're both seventy five. Yeah, they're both seventy five kilos. Nothing else. Yeah, nothing they're both seventy five kilo lifters. That's that's it. That's that's really it. I can't I can't find anything that's that's similar to them between the two. But yeah, that was sent to the chat, multiple chats. I hope because it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Guys, going. I mean, going to YouTube and try to search it. It's, it's great. It's squat meme deadlift needs to meme that. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that it bounced around because that kid getting hit in the face with this, like the, the squat, got a lot. I met Matt also last year. People were when we just started losing it. That's probably why we weren't commentating this year because <laughs> we were just dying the entire time. That's maybe the unprofessionalism that's uh, being shared, but. We were just dying every single time he would do any sort of setup. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a comedic moment. Because I was about to say there wasn't one of those, like, frat nats moments of stupidity. And, uh, yeah, that was that was good. That was a, that was a good one. Um, Want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up the show? Yeah, what are we talking about? Um... I, I don't know to bring this up. Like I, I don't want like Jawan Garrison. Yeah, that was tough. That was a that was a tough one to see. Um, I like Jawan a lot, but have you seen? I I, I understand lifters getting sick, but have you seen anything like that where just a person couldn't take one hundred fifty kilos on the platform, or like come nowhere close, and then the next day just squat seven ninety five. Yeah, I have not. That's, because of a they, because of Waffle said, House, they said food poisoning. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just uh, it's it's getting it's getting weird now. No, nothing's ever gone right for a USAPL meet, and well, I don't know if he no. was he was trolling, but he, I, almost, he almost he almost kind of he almost kind of said that like he made he it wouldn't be surprising if he doesn't do nationals. He kind of I don't know if that was trolling on his story, but he kind of he trolls. To that and, he trolls a lot because people actually believe he's 227 pounds. And I'm like, you guys are high off your ass if you think he's 227 pounds. Russ and Jamar are the biggest 82 and a half kilo lifters I've ever seen. Or not ever seen. The ones I currently see. They're about 200 pounds tops. Tops. Like, Russ can get up to 205 about Jamar, mid-190s, you know light 200s he is not 25 pounds heavier than the both of them because <laughs> for people messaging me like what do you think about that weight cut i'm like i think it doesn't exist that weight cut because he's fucking with you that's the thing i think about that weight cut that it's not real and he's just trolling so he does troll quite a bit but yeah because i was kind of anticipating a 2k total there or close to 2k total i don't think he was quite there with his training 
but something I thought he could be the first ninety kilo squat eight hundred pounds, which would be big. Um, yeah. And clearly now it doesn't it doesn't even matter. Just big small. I, I know Petrie was trolling too that he hit his weight class at uh, at nationals, and it's like really looking at him. It's and all the guys are competing eighty two and a half. It's not that far fetched that he would compete there, but. Uh, yeah, did he, he he accredited to a Waffle House, right? I didn't like, I didn't see where I, thought, I just saw I just saw I just saw food poisoning. Yeah, I saw that uh, the Waffle House. Um, okay, I, I'm sure Jawan's a good sport about these things, but food poisoning. Why does it seem like lifters get it close to every meat? I don't know because it, it it happens. I don't know why. I mean, I'm have not, you ever trying. have you ever had food poisoning? I had food poisoning twice in my life. One time was from some bad uh, frozen uh, uh, toasted ravioli, and then one time was how old were you when you had that? College. Okay, good. And all then right. one time was at a uh, re, uh, all inclusive resort in Mexico. Okay. Those two things make sense. I just, whatever. All right. It's a classic one, right? It's a classic thing. Food poisoning is the perfect, like, oh, I, yo, I can't come in today. I don't know. Like, I, I ate something last night. You know, I've been shitting, kind of puking all morning. I don't know if I can come in today, boss. When in reality, you, like, overslept. And you just don't want to go to work. Because you overslept and you're going to get your ass chewed out when you get to work. So, I don't know. I just see it. Just I see it a lot in powerlifting. And I'm like, I'm a guy who's never had food poisoning in my life. Knock on wood. Nationals is probably going to be a scary moment for me. Granted, I don't eat anything that uh, is different from my diet when Nationals goes around. But, yeah, that would be ultimate karma is just it coming back and me actually getting food poisoning for nationals and i have to say it but you know i i see it a lot in powerlifting where they just say yeah i had food poisoning a lot of people get food poisoning and i never had it once in my life yeah but the ones i do think the ones trolling though i i think he makes a cut to 82 and a half also you said something though he what him totaling 817 and a half in usapl meet that's a good. That's I think that's a good meat. It's a good meat, but it's not what. It's not the eight eighty that he's done on the untested side in the American Pro or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. That uh, it was. It was kind of a yeah. It was a, a bit of a quicker turnaround after that meat too. But you know, you got nationals to kind of look at there. But that was. That was one thing a lot of people were interested in watching was Kawan Garrison and yeah, uh, then a little bit of fallout there with Derek Thistlewaite, powerlifting's uh, premier bully. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I mean, I'd still just want to see it happen. So, I'll, I'll, I'll when I when I see him at nationals competing, I'll, I'll believe it. But I want to see him there first because. 
He seems to be flighty in what he wants to do. I know now it's now it's all all in the American Pro coming up, and we'll see kind of how that goes. So hopefully it goes well because I, mean, I I want to see Jawan at eighty two and a half, and I want to see him at full capacity. And I want to see the showdown with all of you guys. It's just been there's always been something for each USAPL meet that's just been a little like it just hasn't really come all together versus like yeah. In fairness, he had a hard time with USPA meets a little bit too. Yeah, he did for like a he, while. He is, he is a guy with erratic meat performances. So, actually, that's kind of a thing where I'm like, those kind of things do seem to just happen to him throughout his powerlifting career. Not since 2020. It was more his last one that the, he had that bomb out at USPA North Americans. And then since then, he, he was a lot better. I mean, every single, pretty much every single one of his meets that he did, um, like serious ones. He had one, I think he just went in just to win some money real quick. All the other ones between the showdown and hybrid and ghost clash and uh, American pro, all of those lived up to it. And he performed really, really well at pretty much all of them. So, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But I'm, well, I'm on the same boat cause I'm competing with him. So I wanted to see him at full strength at 82 and a half. Um, but it's ah, fuck. yeah. Tough to swallow though. But the thing is though, it's funny. He talked the most shit to Russ. Like, if you go on his story post, if you go on his, his, uh, his page, really, I think he has stuff. He's toned it down a lot, but Russ decided to keep all of his trash talk towards Petrie's bomb out at the Arnold and just not even discuss Kawan, which is a bomb out in a possibly more, like, in a worse way. Just really not even getting to complete a lift. Yeah. So, I he just that might be a good thing though, because that means Russ like probably treats Petrie as a actual competitor, and I don't think he does that with Jawan, me, and Noriega at this point. That's just my. That's just. Eh. I saw, maybe I, Sean. I, I, I don't. No, I don't think, I think he. I don't think he considers me a threat. I. Th- I think he does. He, he. You've been on the TV at Corrupted. I just haven't heard Jawan being at the TV at Corrupted. You've been on it. Sean's. Been I on might have been on a playlist though. I might. Well, Jawan doesn't have a thing. I just. I so happen to have an individual video on Instagram or on YouTube. Shout out to the Virginia oh. Pro. That's it. Like Jawan just doesn't have that. So he could very well be. I don't know. Maybe not. But. I know that more people inhibit the screens that corrupt and I'm just like, I don't think he puts Sean, Jawan, and I on the same category anymore, which is, in my opinion, fair. I, I'm not, I don't have any gripes about it, but it could be a good thing if Russ, you know, dedicates about two hours to uh, trash talk one lifter and not the other one. Yeah. Just say. All right. Well, Commercial gym story. Let's hear it. Let's see what I got. Well, we got for I, I couldn't believe how many people listened. Like I, because I was at that meet the other day, um, and I was at one of the old gyms I was at, and I was posting some stuff, and I, I probably had a dozen DMs, all people remembering the story about the trainer climbing up in the rafter. So these are more popular than I thought. People, people stick around. So let's see what I got here. Uh... At what point do you run out? I'm getting close. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, most of, most of the ones I have now are getting to be pretty simple ones that aren't. 
going to have that much to them. Uh... I had an old guy. Okay. My, uh, I was about to go my own personal crooked gym story if you missed one. Because it's, it's a very quick story. There was an old guy that went Wait. to my gym who shat himself twice on the elliptical. Sounds pretty hot, actually. Not once. It's come on. Not it's not. It's believe it or not, Steve. It's not. (laughs) Well, it was speaking of really gross. Speaking of, okay, here's a simple one. I don't. I. I I have. We're getting to some simple ones now. I don't have very many complex ones anymore. So since you went with that, I'll go with this one. Probably the most disturbing thing I ever walked into in the locker room, because I mean I saw a lot of naked dudes. Yeah. Saw a lot of naked dudes. Naked dudes, whatever. I don't. I don't really care. It is what it is. Uh, but there's sometimes there'd be some interesting stuff going on. There was one time the the locker room. You kind of walked in. And you tur- took like a right hand turn, and the right hand turn on the right side was the lockers. Then on the left side, you went into the bathrooms. I take that right hand turn, and at the first locker, there's a guy, completely nude, bent over with his butt facing the walkway, putting cream into his butthole. Wait. Like hemorrhoid cream or something. Oh, okay. Cream in his butthole. Okay. Yes, like hemorrhoid cream or preparation age. I don't know. Some kind of cream. He is applying it to his butthole, completely bent over, with his butthole facing the walkway, with me like a foot from it. Mm. And I was like, got it. That's what we're doing today. Yeah, that's 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 pretty that's pretty gnarly. Walking into that, yeah. that's hard. That's a hard thing yeah. to do. That's you can't yeah unrecover. That's, I that's fortunately, kind of a, fortunately, fortunately for me, it was not hard. That was a good thing about myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're proud of that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> glad glad that didn't get you going. Awesome, man. Um, yeah. The the old wait was he old? I don't know because I didn't stick around to try and see what was on the other side of the butthole. I oh, immediately tried to get. Because the rule I, is I, at I the was, gym, the, the older you are, the more just unnecessarily naked you have to be. I mean, I very much assumed he was older, but I. I it's always really. As soon as I saw the butthole and the finger and the cream, I very much diverted my path and attention. Which is a sentence you don't say very often. Those are three of your favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that, that was actually a solid one. I like the, the simple ones are nice. Uh, but um, I have an idea for a show. I, I'm just going to say it at the end of this episode. How does it sound like having a debate on the best year or like the most important year in powerlifting? Are we old enough to know that, though? I don't know. That's why if we put on a two-headlight story post, possibly we get some good people. You don't know here. anything before 2019, so you definitely exactly be part of this. I would argue that that's the most important year in powerlifting because I started watching USAPL more closely than 2020 is when two-headlight lights took off, and that's pretty much the most important thing in powerlifting. So that's my argument right there. But I'll just think, like, we say years, and I'm like, what was the most pivotal year? I'm sure people can give me really good insight. I mean, and mine interesting would, things. Mine probably. I would say 2015. Would, I don't know the exact. Well, I was going to say 14 or 15 with that initial blow up. That would probably have to be exactly. the most important time. 
So, yeah, that's why it's a good show. Then you get to talk about it. You know what I mean? You get to really, like, dive deep into, like, the, the nostalgia. We need, we, need to get, we need to get, like, uh, a Bryce Lewis or someone on that was, like, tr- or that was competing back then and has been through all those national competitions. Mike would be, Mike Teixeira would be a good one. I'd say Lane, but Lane's never going to come on. Um, yeah, we need, we need he would he wouldn't he wouldn't come on here for that too. Honestly, Sean for it's crazy. Sean has been doing nationals since like 2015 or 16. Sean would actually be a good one to have on here for that. Sean Candido. Yeah, yeah, Candido. Candido. Oh, because yeah, no, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna spitball on ideas here. But I was just thinking because we always mention years. I'm like that was a good year. Like I always have like the the things like like in my head. Granted, I know it's. It's 2019 and on for me because I don't care about anything really prior to 2019. But yeah, I think it's always good to have a gear discussion. You know, I think t- 2015 was Sean's first year, and I think that was the blow up year because that was the at 949 lifters that year. Let me see the yeah. year before. I yeah, that's kind of before had less. Yeah, because that's like one of my things is uh, like, uh, man, it would have been good to get involved in the USAPL. At that time, yeah, that I mean, so 2014 was 424, and then 2015 was 929. So it's re- it's 2014 or 15 was the blow up. But yeah, either way, we need to get someone on. Jen Thompson would be another good one. LS McLean, uh, get Taylor Atwood. He's a big fan of the show. Get him Loves on us. here, big time. Yep. Damn. All right. Awesome. Okay. I think it's a good idea. If I'm, if, I think we might be on board as it being a good idea if I put on the two highlights story of like a poll or like not a poll, just a question story of like people telling me what is and giving us ideas. Because all right, well that'll do it for this episode of Two White Lights. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.